shortly. I'm just waiting for him to call in. And uh, before he calls in, I want to give thanks to the divine mothers and fathers for this day that have come upon us, the divine energy of love and abundance that seals us. I want to give thanks for the elders who have been in our midst, like Dr. Maya Angelou. I want to give thanks for her spirit and Again, uh, Ibaye sent her to the light. She is a blessing to all of us. And now we see that uh, Ashe, our priest for the day, has called in. Ashe, greetings and blessings. Hey, peace and blessings, Ia. How are you? Ashe, oh, I'm so excited because I've actually been reading your stuff for a minute. And I'm very okay. excited about it because it seems to be the plan that we need to have in our um, communities. But um, I know I'm sorry I didn't get to you earlier and tell you that the Odu I wanted you to speak on was Edgy Agbe because mm. uh, it just, like, came to the light to me. Because originally it was supposed to be something else, and then Edgy Agbe came out. It's as if uh, we have a new plan on on for us for what we have to look forward to. It's like mm. opening the way. So that one came. That's why, I, you know, I put that on there. But it just came, like, instantly. Like, we had another one all together. But that one mm. came. Mm. So... Mm. Definitely, you know, yo. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Edgy Ogbe is, you know, that's our most senior Odu and our, and our order of the Odu Ifa. So, you know, you're dealing with starting at the beginning. So certainly we're dealing with um, beginning things off, you know, setting things off uh, at our highest priorities, at our, at our most supreme and superior step forward. You know, when you're dealing with Edu uh, Ogbe, you know, you're dealing with the, the not just the concept of of the newness of one, but the concept of defining self. You know, that first defining step out into the world, you know, or that idea of creation of the world, you know, that first creation of the world. So, 
you know, it certainly uh, coincides with what you're feeling, you know, this uh, feeling of a new beginning, of a new start. This is what we're dealing with at GOB, for sure. I say, it's definitely a new start, and I think it's a new start for all of us, you know, in a sense that uh, as as this time is uh, psych- uh, for the cycle of nature, this is a time to do planting for the summer. You know, so it's really important for us to have a, a project or something we're working on in which we can harvest at the end of the summer and bring fruit, you know. So it's really a, a very good sign, you know, although we have to deal with uh, ego because I think Edgy Ogbe brings in a lot of ego, you know. Instead of people realizing that the spirit of divine divinity is within them working it, they try to, you know, try to absorb all the greatness that's in their spirit as a tribute to themselves. But we know that it's the divine that gives us that, you know, spark of life of creativity, of, you know, just doing things and really having the, the courage to uh, proceed, you know, wholeheartedly after something. Sure, sure. Well, you know, the, the actual Odu for this month of June of 2014 is Obaraka, uh, Obaraka, which is our 173rd Odu. Mm. And it's something that you, that you said, which is key, you know, and, and that's just the idea of, planting things fresh, you know, uh, preparing for uh, our planting, preparing for our cultivation of what's in front of us. And uh, when you're speaking about Obaraka, Obaraka brings us to a place where we kind of understand even the science of um, something that I observe a lot. You know, around my home, I have a lot of birds. I'm I'm in some type of flight path for tropical birds where my home is. So, in my yard, I, I get a lot of beautiful birds, and uh, they come at all different nights. So, you know, at, at times of the day. So even at night, birds sing around my home. You would think it's daytime. Um, but I, I've realized, uh, because I also have a very fertile yard, I've realized over the years that these birds are singing to the botanical kingdom. Uh, birds uh, do a very important function in the dawning. It's not just that they're making noise because the sun is out. But what they do is they awaken the foliage. You know, as, as we know, certain plants unfold or bulb uh, only in, in the dawning hours, and then they'll close back up around uh, mid to late afternoon. Right. And the, uh, the birds play a key point in this. The, the melodies that they sing and the rhythmic vibrations of the sounds that come out of their mouth actually open up plant life. You know, in Obaraka, and of course we say birds are singing. We look at it as a, as a rejoice, in a sense. And the Odu for the month, Obaraka, actually deals with uh, the science of rejoicing and how rejoicing and being good chair and even singing specifically. Obaraka deals with the science and the thought of singing, how that can help to sustain um our our cultivation work, you know. Um, so uh, the celebratory aspects of us as indigenous people uh, becomes an important and key um, activity for us this month, the art of celebration and how celebration helps in order to maintain um, our prominence and maintain our privilege, not only in the universe, but maintain our prominence and privilege uh, privilege within society. Just by celebrate celebration, uh, you will able be able to hold your position in the world in this time. Okay, so this is the time now when you want to get out, take your drum, take it out to your yard or to the park. You want to definitely sing, chant, teach your children to chant. Uh, you want to dance, even if you're at home by yourself. And I know some people may not know. Uh, you know, certain dances, and they feel like, well, if I don't know any African dances, I don't know what to do. But, you know, just move how, how you feel to move. And if you can't think of anything, just spin. Uh, spinning is a very 
very, very sacred art. Uh, just like that's why when you used to see the old Wonder Woman uh, show, she would always spin before she would alchemicalize into Wonder Woman. Okay, and then you would see that flash of light, and all of a sudden she had all of her gear on. Because the spinning uh, and turning specifically represents alchemy or evolution. Okay, so uh, this is the time now where you really want to tap into Eve's um, or evolution, you know, Eve's rotation, Eve's movement, um, even the science of um, the cool of the evening, celebrating the cool of the evening, celebrating the, the particular movements of the day. Obaraka uh, speaks to us about and how we can actually use our celebration to remove problems from around us. This is not a time when you dance, stomp, and sing your problems from away from you, away from you. You know, so it's similar to this idea and thought of uh, cultivation that you're speaking about. But what Obara Kaur speaks about using celebration and dance to cultivate protection and victory around you. I see. That's very powerful, too. And then Ika speaks of the word so that um, your personal consciousness is becoming aware of the words that are powerful for you to speak. So I say you sh- it should be that uh, as you your awareness is coming, that you're opening up to these ideas of, you know, different chants and stuff or following your mentors or elders or whoever is um, open to share with you the chance. Because a lot of us, you know, it's hard for us to catch some of the chance unless we're in the community, you know. But um, what would you recommend for somebody who is um, just really connecting with the, you know, African spiritual tradition, just newly in it? Mm-hmm. If, if you're newly in a tradition, um, depending on your, your cultural influence, the first thing to understand is that chant is always is already uh, a very much it's, it's already a strong part of our of our culture, whether we realize it or not. Um, right. From our barbecue songs, you know, the call and response um, motif that we use in our music. So a lot of people would probably not realize that they already know chant. Some of the Nursery school rhymes that little girls say as they're jumping ropes actually are African in origin. Uh, so you don't have to necessarily say long, complicated things in order to learn your chants. Uh, James Brown was a master of chants. Uh, of course, Fela Kuti, Fela Kuti, another master of chants. Um, uh, King Sonny Ade, King Sonny Ade, that's spelled A-B-E. Day. Um, these are three artists that you can listen to and um, just sing along, you know, sing along and, and start there. Uh, also, if you have a familiarity with the Orisha tradition, you can actually just chant one name. You know, the names in itself, uh, the way the names make your, your mouth, your aperture form certain shapes. You know, when you say certain names, there's a geometry that your your mouth is uh, forced and commanded into, and that sacred geometry by itself. Oh, well, we have to uh, give him time. For some reason, he's dropped off, and he will be calling back. In the meantime, I'm just going to say, hey, to Goddess Yvette. <laughs> Peace and blessings. <laughs> I knew that was you. I was like, I wonder how I'm going to bring her in there. <laughs> yeah, I just finally winding down. So I said, let me just call and listen while I lay across here and just try to chill out for a little while. Oh, I say, I don't know why his, um, his thing just dropped. But, um, you know, blog talk get on my nerves anyway. Oh, I, I think that... Uh, Wait a minute. No, he didn't. He didn't press his button. Is this one him? Let me see. Yeah, you. Oh, wait. Which one? <laughs> oh, okay. There he is. I say. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a technical issue for sure. 
That yeah. was crazy. Um, yeah. It happens. It happens. Yeah. But yeah, um, those shapes that your mouth makes when you're chanting certain names, um, whether it's Shango, Oshun, 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 you can actually make up your own songs to your rhythm just chanting those names. And what you'll find, which is I've always found very fascinating, what you'll find is that when you keep saying them over and over and over and over again, eventually you'll begin to say them in the way that they're supposed to be said without realizing. Uh, for example, a lot of times people, you know, they'll get prayers and things like that in books or on the Internet, and sometimes people will contact me and say, I have all these Yoruba prayers and I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know if I'm, not, I'm pronouncing, it, pronouncing it correctly. And I always tell them, just say the prayers. Just say them and mean them and say them repeatedly. And what you're going to find is that over time, you're going to start speaking it like it's supposed to be said without even realizing. I say. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's, it's that um, the energy begins to take foot in you. Um, there's a pataki associated with obarda ka. And it speaks about the, uh, the one who is called the diviner on earth and the diviner on heaven. Uh, Orumila is the name Orumila means the diviner of heaven. Okay, and then you have Obigbi, and Obigbi is the diviner of earth. And one of the key things that is said about the diviner of earth is that his influence is uh, what we call Lakaye, and the influence is all throughout the planet, all throughout the earth. And what that means is that whether you have formal, academic, or scholastic uh, association and interaction with uh, these divine words or not, you are still being influenced by them. They're present. So if you live in Alaska somewhere where there are no Ifa books, <laughs> there are no people who are speaking Yoruba or chanting, it is still there. It's Ashe. It's still there. And you may call it something different. That's okay. But the influence is still there. Um, so one of the things that you want to do, you know, a simple ritual to help to increase your your connection to it, uh, what we usually do is we use Ewo, uh, Ewo, which is E-W-O. Um, and there's a way you can do this. You can make this yourself. You can go out uh, into nature, find any tree that is accepting and receptive to your energy. Uh, so that means you're going to have to put your sensitivity uh, uniform on or face or mask and just go out into the wilderness, you'll find a tree that is cool with you. It may be one in your yard. You may not have to go out to the wilderness. And what you do is you take uh, you take 11 leaves from that tree, okay? And it may tell you take the trees that have, the leaves that have fallen. It may not, you know, it may say, no, I don't want you to take the ones on the branch. But you'll know. It'll tell you. And um, you take those leaves, you bring them inside your home, and you're going to hold them over a pot of water. And what you're going to do is you're going to affirm to Arumila to open up the gateways of wisdom to you, okay? And while you're doing this, you're ripping the, the leaves, ripping them over the water, okay? So eventually what's going to happen is you're going to have something over this water that looks like tea, okay? Ripping, ripping and ripping and ripping. And then what you'll do is you're going to wash your head with that water, Okay? Now, after you finish washing your head with that water, you save the leaves, let them dry out. You can even put them in a windowsill, that's fine. You know, but just let them dry out, dry out. And then you're going to master them. You can use a mortar and pestle, or you can use a grinder, it's fine, either one. And you're going to pulverize them into a, into a powder. Okay, once they're a powder, you will use that to anoint your tongue. Okay, you will anoint your tongue with those leaves. All right, and typically what we'll do is we mark Odu with those leaves, but you don't need to do that. Um, mm. I would actually advise you not to do that. Um, right. Don't worry about marking Odu. Can I correct you one, just one thing? It's, it's A-Way. It's A-Way. A-E-W-E. No, A-Way means Earth. Yes, A-Wo. It's two different kinds. When A-Way, which is E-W-E, means herbs, okay, right. or leaves specifically. Right. Okay, Ewo is um is a certain type of leaf that we use for Ifa. Okay. okay. So uh yeah, yeah, it's 
it's just like sometimes there's three there's three different ways of symbol really more because Yoruba is so many doggone words. But, I know um, they represent even, so much. <laughs> yeah, you have like ero. Sometimes you you'll go and you get a prescription and someone will say get ero, and ero also means herbs. So like um, we have what we call omiero, which is O M I E R O, omiero, and omiero means herb water. Right. Okay, so uh, it's not the same form as, let's say, Omi Ewe. Well, there is no, no word, Omi Ewe. You know, yeah. so um, that's kind of the beauty of the language. Uh, certain words are used only in certain instances. So when we're speaking about herbs that are used by Ifa to anoint the tongue, then we're speaking about Ewe. Ah, okay. I never heard that. Thank yeah. you for uh, clearing that up because yeah, I'm thinking I'm like, oh my goodness, did he mean a way? But you meant what you said. <laughs> okay, I yeah. say. Yeah, I we, say. we always there's so much, there's so much in it, and that's it, the beauty it, of this culture. It's so layered. You know, you you cannot, you can't master it. <laughs> no matter how far you go, the more you learn, you realize, wow, this you know, there's more and there's more and there's more. And um, the geniuses over in Yoruba land right now, they're coming up with new things even still every day. So um, there's always more to tap into and to learn, which is beautiful, you know. Um, but, yeah, you would use that powder and you would anoint your tongue with that powder and you can use that in order to help remove enemies from around you, obstacles from around you. But you want to use it in the form of celebration. So, again, singing and dancing and simple chants again, you can just chant uh, Orisha names, okay? Uh, you can chant Oshun, Obun, Ochosi, you know, of course, our, our warriors, you know? Uh, right. And it's very effective. Yeah, it's very effective. And aside from that, if you want to go deeper, because I know I gave you first level, uh, if you if you want to go deeper, I would, I would advise you to either join a drum class or a dance class. Uh, sometimes you'll have even Ifa priests who will give classes on chants and things like that. But, you know, technically, if you actually get into a, a dance class or drum class, you're going to learn those chants. Okay, so okay. Uh, I would advise that that's, a, again, a fun way. And this is about celebration this month. So that's a fun way to learn your chants. So even while you're in class, you'll be doing spiritual work. I say. Well, you know, I think that it's, it's uh, kind of like uh, something that we have to learn to do for ourselves to celebrate the victories that we achieve in terms of connecting to our authentic self. And that cannot be without expressing a connection to the African roots that we carry. Yeah, so. for sure. I mean, if, if we don't celebrate it, um, the, the thing is we have to start coming to a place where we reward ourselves from within because whom, whomever you will allow to reward you is who you allow to define you, you know. So, um, and the same goes for punishment. Who who you allow to punish you is who also defines you, you know. So when we learn to reward and even uh, rebuke our own from within our own communities, whether it be our body communities or whether it be our cultural communities, then we help to create definitions for ourselves, definitions of achievement, like you just said, uh, being able to connect back to ourselves is uh, something that should be rewarded and celebrated, certainly. In our community, that is something that should definitely be celebrated because it's a much bigger deal uh, for us than it may be for other individuals as there's been such a campaign to keep us disconnected from our natural position and our natural selves. So when we're able to push and fight through that thicket and call upon Ogun to cut the path around us and Ochosi to, to say, hey, you know, where is my original self at? And Ochosi says, don't worry about it. I got it. You know, and, and, and he, he tracks it for us, and Ogun clears the way, you know, and Eshu greases the road in front of us, and Oshun uh, uh, blinds everyone on the path on the way there, and Shango gives us the courage to get there, and Oya gets us there as quick as possible through chaotic transformation, then uh, certainly... Um, we should be celebrating in a different manner and for a different cause and reason than other individuals on the earth because uh, it is that concept of Omo Wale, 
which means the child has returned home, you know, and returning home, returning to source and root, uh, which is the, the idea and the concept of Oshun, the source. Uh, it, it's such a wonderful and powerful and needed thing for uh, us, those of us who are melanin dominant or consider ourselves to be a part of the indigenous community, for sure. I say. Well, I definitely um, hear you, and I wanted to uh, speak to you about um, how you view domestic violence in our community um, of mm-hmm. uh, uh, practitioners because, um, you know, uh, domestic violence is often ignored, but it's something that we really have to be concerned about and in the community because it's happening on a, you know, a regular basis. And I don't think that, you know, the spirit of the divine, you know, accepts that. Mm-hmm. I think when we're dealing with domestic violence, uh, it's, it's first important and critical for us to define what that means by our own communal standards. Uh, because if we're looking at statistics or if we're even just looking at the uh, amount and frequency of uh, police officers that arrive at certain homes and lead certain individuals out in handcuffs, this may not be an accurate representation of what's what's actually going on. Uh, in fact, what's been on the rise over the past uh, six years um, in a in an extreme dis- disproportionate fashion is domestic violence uh, with men. I mean, I'm sorry, with women and other women. Right. Okay. So. Uh, that's been a something that's gone out of out of control, you know. So one of the things that we need to look at in our community is how exactly do we define domestic violence? If an individual is in their home and they get into a heated argument with their significant other, and um, that significant other or someone calls the police officers, then uh, in most instances, if there is a man present, he's the one who's let out of the home. In handcuffs, you know, right. someone has to leave the home in that instance. Now, but it was well, only an argument. About, I'm talking about a man, a priest that beats his wife. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That I'm talking yeah. about specific well, abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse mm-hmm. from a priest to his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I would say again, I'm kind of on the same answer. You know, um, when we're talking about a priest or a man, I'm going to take the priest out of it, and I'm just going to say a man to a woman, because I don't think it's any more person as a priest or not. Uh, just a male-female relationship, uh, adult people in, in natural and normal circumstances should not be putting themselves their hands on one another in a manner that is not loving, okay, in a natural and normal uh, environment and context that should not be happening. Okay, so that's if we're dealing with the priest or or not a priest, um, and at the same time, no one should be provoked to to a place where they feel like their only option is to put their hands on on another individual. No one should allow themselves to stay in an environment where they are consistently provoked. Priest or not priest or no priest. Okay, exactly. so. Um, you know, again, I think it's there's, there's so many sides to this coin, and unfortunately, because of plantation mentality, we typically only look at one side of it, and we look at the side of the bestial black man. And this bestial black man is always looking for uh, young black children or black women to abuse and brutalize. And uh, that couldn't be further from the truth, and that's, again, a, a divide-and-conquer tactic. So it's important for us to really look at, like I said, when we look at our communities and when we look at the reports, to really look with our first eye vision at what actually is going on. For instance, when we look at homes, we're often told about the uh, abandoning black man. He abandons and leaves his family. He's so cold-hearted. But we're talking about the most warmest and sweetest men on the planet. We're talking about the same men who taught the world poetry, intimate poetry. Now, all of a sudden, this is the most evil and vile man on the planet when it comes to his own woman and offspring. Something's wrong there. You know, we're not taught about the black man who was pushed 
cast and shoved away from his home, provoked right. out of his home, to a point that it's not is no longer even safe for him to be in his home, you know, for anyone's good. So he he has to remove himself from that situation, you know. So again, right. uh, is it correct? Talking, no, uh, it's not correct for anyone. We got to be clear that we're talking about somebody who has not learned to control their hands because um, there's no, you know, in my mind, now we may disagree, but in my mind, there is no excuse putting your hands on another person, whether it's male, female, or whatever. Even your children, to some degree, the violence and stuff got to be limited to, um, yep. you know, something that I, is 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 according to the, the deed done. And no deed deserves eaten. You know? Yeah, well, I think it also, we have to look at there's different forms of abuse and violence. You know, right. if you're an individual who's comfortable with telling people to shut up, <laughs> then you're a violent person. You know, I tell them we don't look at that, that term, shut up, as, as anything violent. But that's a violent phrase to say to an individual. You know, and that's a common phrase. You know, uh, so there's a lot of things that we do, unfortunately, on a daily basis where we're battering and bruising and emotionally bullying one another, and we don't look at it as violent. So when there's a response, for instance, a man is going to respond to a front of violence different than a woman is going to respond to an affront of violence. And it's about love and respect amongst each other. Uh, I'm not going to provoke a woman in a certain way because I know she's going to have a certain reaction. Her reaction may be emotional, and that emotional reaction may then lead her to do something physical uh, to me or something physical to herself. But either way, if this is a woman I care for and I love, I don't want to see her in that place emotionally. For me to even bring her there to taunt her or to provoke her, that would be violent, you know, on my part. And in the same instance, this woman has to respect and know that she may be with me, most likely, because I'm a warrior. She loves my warrior energy. She loves when she's outside with me, that she feels totally protected, totally secure. She knows no one is going to harm her or get to her as long as I'm there. So then she has to also understand that even when I go home, I'm still that same warrior. So that is not an energy that you want to play with and taunt and provoke because it can come out in a way that you may not feel comfortable with. So really it comes down to respecting one another, respecting each other's limitations, but not just limitations, respecting each other's purposes. You know, if I had a, a guard dog in my home, I wouldn't play with that guard dog in a way where I'm now tempting and playing with its aggressiveness because what's right. going to happen is it's going to bite me. And if it yeah. bites me now, I shouldn't be dragging the dog around to the back of the house to put a bullet in its head. Because right. I provoked it to that place, and if I loved that dog, I wouldn't have done something like that. So, again, there's, there's multiple places that we need to look at this. Sometimes we get wrapped up in the emotionalism, and we tell, oh, no, we, we can't, we, these men got to, and we got to stop doing that. We have to start really looking at um, that plantation mentality. What's going on inside of our homes that's leading to these situations? Because it's very rare and I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. Of course it does. But it's very rare that male or female, that anyone just comes home, anyone melanin-dominated, and just starts beating the mess out of their entire household. You know, we, we very rarely speak about the cause and effect of things. And that's something that we need to look at if we want to intelligently have this conversation as a community. Yeah, as a community, I, I can see we taking it up, but when... We're dealing with a one-on-one situation where, as you said, take the priest out and say the man, but the man have uh, physically abused somebody. He cannot be, uh, no matter what happened on the other side, if he did, if he left his control at the house or whatever and start fighting, that's on him. That's not on, um, you know, on on the female. You know, or the per or the victim. See, now we are trying to blame the victim again. And any man, and I have four daughters, and any man that has put their hands on my children have known that that was not the right move. You can't 
put your hands on somebody that's grown already. You know, when my children became adults, they're adults, they've been raised, they don't need nobody itself. So that, again, I think that we have to look at whether or not we are okay with violence in our community and is it okay for young uh, men and women to fight. I don't approve of men hitting women and I don't approve of women hitting men. And I have nephews and stuff and when they say that a woman hits them, I tell them immediately, let that woman go. Just like I would tell a man. I mean, uh, uh, my one of my daughters, let that man go because you know you can't take back a hit once you hit somebody you can't take that back you know so I I see where you're coming from you're coming from a larger uh, you know picture of it as it being uh, something in our community that we have to address and we have to address it differently than dealing with it one on one but a one-on-one no, no, what I'm saying is that putting your hands on another adult is wrong. That's I, I yeah. signified that with my initial statement. But I said we can't get wrapped up in the emotionalism where we're only, fun, where we're only focusing on the effect and we're not looking at the cause of these situations. If we don't look at the cause of the situations, we cannot stop them. We can just sit back and say, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. But why is it actually happening is what I'm speaking about. Uh, it certainly is something that should not be happening. But right. we also cannot get wrapped up in our own personal uh, experiences and superimpose our personal experiences on a communal uh, phenomenon that's going on. And that, that communal phenomenon begins with the lack of respect that we have for one another and each other's nature and disposition which is causing these problems. So that's right. what I'm looking more at. How are we viewing each, each other as individuals and in that we can uh, provoke one another to wrath or we would even put our hands on one another? How are we viewing each other? Because the violence, what I'm saying, begins before there is physicality. The violence begins before that. Anytime you, you strive to take someone outside of their divine posture, whether that be physically, you're physically hitting them, you're taking them outside of their divine posture, or you're taunting or saying words or playing with their emotions in a way that takes them outside of their divine posture. Anytime you're doing that, you're being violent towards an individual. And that's where we need to begin to look at it because that's where it's originating. And if we can stop it there, the physicality, that, that later shadow symptom that won't even be an issue. That won't even be happening. That's true, because we got to get them when they live. We can't wait until they grow people adults. We got we to gotta definitely deal with them once they are tree, uh, twigs, you know, before they get to get to be trees and they're telling us what to do. We definitely have to have some way that we can assure that people are not being harmed and hurt behind, um, you know, domestic violence, you know. And and, and then I, I'm wondering what um, what could someone who's spiritually uh, down, what could they tell me after they ab- abuse their wife? There's nothing they could tell me, you know. And I may be reacting to it personally, but I'm saying you – you gone to uh, lengths to learn Iwa Pwale and Ifa and all these wonderful things, but yet you can't internalize it to stop you from making a grave mistake. Yeah, well, you know, it's like it's like doing a reading for yourself, Iya. Uh, it doesn't matter sometimes how in depth you are at your oracle or your divination skills. When you're doing a reading for yourself, sometimes it can be complicated because you're emotionally connected to the situation. So the same thing can happen with our loved ones. Our, our children and our spouses are our soulmates. And in that, they come to bring us our greatest challenges in life. Anything that we're going to encounter in the world, we first encounter it through our children and our spouses. 
and our soul orchestrates that so that we, we can prepare for it when it happens outside of our house. If we're going to face betrayal outside of the house, we will first face betrayal inside of the house. If we're going to face larceny outside, we're going to first face it inside. So it's the relationships that we have with our family members which are really uh, sharpening us and creating a character in us that we need. You know, and whether that's why I said whether you're a priest or not, certain things sometimes may go out the window momentarily. Everyone has a weak moment, and when it comes to your children and your spouse, uh, these are the only people in the world that can ever really take you there, quote-unquote. You know, most other people you can just whisk away, but your children and your spouse can bring you to your highs and your lowest lows. That is so true. That is so true. That is so true. That's why it do your... It is to your advantage not to uh, use physical violence, you know, with with those people because they are supposed. And that that kills me too. Is that if they are the challenges that you're going to face out there, you have to learn to cool your energy so that you are dealing with the people you love with love. You know, I mean. If, if if it's meant for you to, to go through your family first before you uh, have the harder lessons, then that means that you have to be more available to being in control and to be like, being loving. You know, that, that used to bother me. Um, if I see someone in my family uh, treating me bad and then stranger, friend, they treat me so nice, that, those things used to you know, really make me crazy as a child yeah. because I'm saying yeah. you're supposed to be family. You're supposed to treat family better than you treat the outside world. Yeah. Well, sometimes, uh, especially um, in years ago, uh, we had ideas of dignity and decorum uh, that were taught uh, to our family, to ourselves, to us as children. And one of the things that many of us grew up with, the phrase, was that whatever happens in this house stays in this house. You know, um, we don't necessarily live in a society like that anymore. You know, things are pretty much drug out um, into the public eye. Uh, A lot of times, often, just because of the technology, it's so easy to take a film or something on your phone or whatever, you know. Um, But with that idea of, well, when we're outside, there's a certain decorum that we're supposed to maintain, um, sometimes that would lead to situations where we would be one way outside the house and another way inside the house because we didn't necessarily want to give clue or evidence to some of the dysfunction that was going on inside. So even though people outside were treated, quote-unquote, nicer, it certainly wasn't authentic or sincere. Uh, what we got to deal with inside the house was the, the real the real individual. You know, exactly. uh, the person might have went and free. Yeah, but that's... That's um, the beauty of family. You know, at the same time, it's a curse and a blessing, you know, because these are the people who know you, hopefully, you know, and who you actually get to know. Most most times in life, we don't really get to know people, and people don't really get to know us. You know, as much as we strive to make it such, you have some people in this world who are dead set against understanding us. They have made it their mission to misunderstand us every step of the way. That's you know, and... um that's something that we, we come to, but family um, will always remind you, no matter what growth you're going through, they'll always remind you of how you grew up. Oh, you don't eat pork now. Well, you grew up on pork. <laughs> you know, you'll get those, those type of things. Um, and your biggest challenges, like I said, again, will always be in-house. Uh, I did an interview with, a, with an individual this dawning, and one of the things that um, I said to him as a qualifier for your investment and your cultural, spiritual, and intellectual understanding, especially those things that are considered to be revolutionary, is when you come into a place, uh, let's say often for many of us, we, we, we go through name changes, okay? And my question always is, what does your mother call you? And more specifically, what does your grandmother call you, okay? If you're known as, um, you know, um, Infinite Light Shabazz, you know, to everyone in the streets. But then when you go home, 
you know, you're known as as uh, Buck Henry, then um, <laughs> something's off there. <laughs> you know, something's <laughs> off because it's it's clear that even your family doesn't even see that you have not made the full commitment to what you say you're actually living and what you actually say that you're about. And then you have some instances where, you know, like I, you know, I've seen uh, people go home and, you know, the grandmother say, well, all right, baby, now, you know, tell me this name again. I don't want to mess it up. How do you pronounce it again? You know, and, and they're really making an effort to honor uh, individuals' transition. And, and it takes a lot of work. That's not something that happens overnight. You know, well, it takes a lot of work to get to that place. Yes, it does. And they, you have to really earn your shine. Um, just to go yes. back on, um, you know, the uh, Odu for the month, uh, Obara Ika, um, is there a particular uh, thing you said, like cleaning the head? I just wanted to go back because we have like about 13 minutes and I just want to summarize what people can do for that old dude. So you said clean and Yes. Dancing and chant. And if people want the actual prescription, um, you know, they can always listen to the archives. But um, dancing and chant, it's celebration that uh, removes the um, sludge and the vibration of the enemies in this season. Celebration. Ashe, that that is very powerful. I, I also want to give it enough time for you to talk about uh, Sadu New House and um, where people can read some of your stuff. At you're uh, actually a blogger for um, uh, what is the name of that blog? Uh, that uh, you wrote uh, cultivating healthy family relationships. I actually like the one where you ran into the elder. Easy, easy article. Easy article. And I really, really like that one that you did with the elder. You ran into the elder and she wanted to talk to you, but she didn't want to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when it comes to elders, uh, what's important, uh, and it doesn't, regardless of their spiritual commitment, what's important is that you give elders their time. And um, that's something that we, we, as a community, again, we really have to learn to do. You know, um, you know, when your grandmother, your grandfather is calling you, and I know they may be annoying because they don't know how to get off the phone and you're doing things and, you know, they want you to come by because they don't want to sit on the phone. You know, everything has to be face-to-face. You know, it's just like a child. You know, uh, when your child is growing, there's certain years you can't get back. There's certain formulative um, experiences that they're having at a certain age that you got to be there for. And it's the same thing when you're dealing with these elders, whether they're blood relatives or not. When they're calling for you, you got to give them time. you got to give them your time. And if that means uh, you got to cancel appointments or you got to be late to something, um, you do that. So um, it, that's something I, I just say as a community that we really need to, you know, if, if you can, and everyone has different schedules and people are busy nowadays, but giving elders the time to share their story with you is so powerful because you're not going to get it anywhere else. You know, um, I'll give you a small example. I was building with an elder uh, a few days back, and, um, you know, he's a Nigerian elder, and he was speaking to me about Boko Haram. And um, he said, you know, uh, exactly one week before those girls were taken, um, 40 boys were slaughtered in their sleep in, a, in another home. Okay, it was uh, like, a, like a cottage orphanage style. And Boko Haram came in the middle of the night while the children were sleeping and butchered all of them in their sleep, 40 young boys. Okay. Oh. And it wasn't put on news or anything. It wasn't even spoke about, spoken about in news, mainstream media, or anything like that. It just went right to the girls. Now, you know, so sometimes there's certain information and stories that you're only going to get from the elders. You know, you can't get everything from YouTube and CNN. That's you know, true. Um, so I, I would just say to those listening, you know, um, definitely give them elders the time, you know. But uh, in terms of Sadulu House, of course, people know that's a school. 
that I have, S-A-B-U-L-U-H-O-U-S-E.com. And Sadulu House, the, um, for those who even wanted the Sadulu, where does that come from? That's a Congolese term, and it, it goes back to what I was speaking about in terms of the elders. Uh, the Sadulu is a place of learning for children in the Congo, but more specifically, it's a place of communal learning. And the way it's done there is in the Congo, the elders are the teachers. So you don't necessarily have, like, you know, people who go to, now you do, because the times have changed a bit, but uh, people who go to school and, you know, young people teaching young people. It's not like that. Uh, traditionally, the elders, so that they would maintain a uh, functional position in society, the elders at a certain age when they couldn't farm or anything like that anymore, they were appointed to be the teachers of the, of, of the children. Exactly. And the children who were a little older, like the adolescent children, adolescent children, they would help as far as with the schoolwork and things like that. But what you had was this full cycle from baby you know, to elder uh, that would meet at the Sadulu and would learn the lessons in the culture of um, those societies. So uh, I thought that was such a powerful uh, motif and such a powerful uh, paradigm um, and very responsible because our elders need to stay busy, okay? They need to stay busy. I'm not one who advocates any form of retirement. You know, um, this shifting of duties and responsibilities but um, they can still get busy and still do some very prolific work for our communities if they're just given the space and time to do so. So um, the Sadugo House yeah, is where I teach out of, and um, anyone interested in classes, of course, can go there and uh, get more information, and uh, also for readings and things like that, as well as arishareligion.com if they, anybody wants information Alicia specifically or want to schedule a reading, consultation, things like that. I also travel um, pretty frequently, so um, it's always good for people when they write in to let me know where you're at and, you know, if I'm coming through your area, we can always sit down and do a consultation or just sit down and break bread. It's, um, it's, it's important for us to take this thing offline as often as we can. You know, okay. we have to adopt the... Yeah, the Marcus Garvey program and get in each other's faces, eat together. Because if we don't eat together, we're not family anyway. We just say that all day on the internet, but we got to eat meals <laughs> together, you know. So um, yeah, so you know that's that's pretty much how I can be found. And if you go to the Sadua House or um, even EnlightenmentandTransformation.com, which is the website for my radio show, Enlightenment right. and Transformation. Um, you can get some information on the shows as well as um, the roster of events, um, the locations that I'll be over the next uh, up and coming weeks and months as well. So the self-realization tour that you're doing now, um, where's the next place you're going to be going? We're going to be in Ocean City, Maryland. Uh, okay. our next stop, and I believe that's um, next weekend. Actually, yeah, that's next weekend. And then uh, after that, I think we're, uh, we might be in Kansas or something like that. Um, the, the best thing is to go on the site and look at the calendar. I don't actually handle uh, all of the calendar and the scheduling for my speaking. I, I put my energy more to uh, making sure I have a message for the people. So um, I'm not always the best person to ask on that. I'm not trying to, I don't want to overstep my, my lane here. Um, the best thing to do is to go to the site before I give you off information, yeah. So is there is there somebody that you would like to give as a person that people can follow up? Because I've had a few calls from people that want to follow up and you know follow you where you want where you go. Yeah, well, you know, definitely you want to go if, if you ever want to just send a question, you mm-hmm. can uh, call one eight hundred Anu Living which is 1-800-A-N-U-L-I-V-I-N-G. Uh, mm-hmm. You can call and just uh, five customer service or just leave a message. Um, but you can also uh, send an email to questions, Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S, at anunation.org, which is A-N-U-N-A-T-I-O-N.org. And uh, you can send your customer service any queries, uh, or even comments uh, to that line, and my team will make sure 
uh, it gets over to me. Those are the directors specifically uh, to inform me. Uh, but, you know, always the, the, the radio shows are good. You can call in and the sites uh, just to know what's going on and know what's happening with us. Okay. Well, I definitely uh, love your energy. You know, I'm so honored by you coming and speaking uh, once a month, giving us the overdue for the month. And our overdue for this month of June coming up is Obara Ika. So Ashe and um, you know we want to stay on point as far as uh, being able to uh, follow the guidance and the wisdom and the chanting really does work. So I just want to say that you know the information that you've given is very valid and you're one of those uh, people that uh, has been given transformation to understand the things as uh, you know more of a rich theologian rather than uh, someone who is, uh, you know, uh, uh, abreast of the subject. So you're more like a practicing, you know, uh, person that is working with the spiritual energy and, you know, uh, helping people to make transitions because that's what we're, we're about. We're about transitions in life. So I really, really appreciate you um, taking the time coming because I know that a lot of people are blessed by the energy that you bring, even to the perspective of domestic violence. I like what you said. I, I don't uh, uh, happen to agree 100%, but I like what you said, you know. It, it takes it from being blaming the victim and putting it out on fixing the family, which, you know, what what uh, creating a healthy family is about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what we have to do. We definitely have to um, rely on the spiritual um, leaders and teachers to direct us in the right way, you know. That's right. And, uh, just make sure that we're living the way that we want to live. So I honor you and I respect you and I, you know, just love when you come on the show. And um, matter of fact, I haven't even put my show in because I look forward to putting in the one that you're doing, you know, every month. Okay. So if you have any questions or anything, please, for Yayu, please uh, give him a uh, call at the 800 number or contact uh, the uh, website directly, you know, because it's really about change and he's really a serious brother with the energy he's bringing on the planet. So, Ashe, um, we have one minute and 51 seconds left. Do you have anything else to say? Brother Yayu, Ashe, Oba. Yeah, I would just say, you know, thank you, and uh, you are a shining example of how an elder can continue to be productive. You know, like you said, you've given birth to to four queens. You're a queen maker, you know, so after being a queen maker, you can still continue on, you know, and uh, show that uh, as as an elder woman, as an elder empress, that uh, you certainly have a lot of fire in you and information to bring to the people so I'm personally uh, inspired by that. So I thank you for, for being there, being that example. Well, God bless us both to continue to do us what we have to do. And the Divine Mother give us blessings for opening up the way and opening up the mind so that we can be ready for the truth that is now coming. You spoke that, you know. You said that we already got the truth, and now there's some new things being opened to us. So I, mm. I definitely feel that energy on the planet, Ashe. Right on, Ashe. All right, Odabo. Have a magnificent month, and I look forward to chatting with you next month. All right, peace. Peace and blessings to all of the show 
Thank you so much for allowing us to come to your home and, you know, allowing us to give you something to begin to think about and to take with you, Ashe. We are thankful that we have the good people of this world to look at, like Heru Yuya. And uh, I'm just blessed and honored to have him on the show. And I thank you all for listening. We love you. And stick with us for the end. Thank you, everyone, for listening and joining us. And thank you, Sweet Honey and the Rock, for the Kwanzaa song I shared.